Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. Welcome to a Friday, the 14th edition of Flyers Daily, the 14th of May edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Before we get uh, into the nuts and bolts of this episode with uh, Ian LaPerriere, Flyers assistant coach, going to join us. Uh, real quick announcement. Uh, starting Monday, well, actually after this episode today, uh, we will be doing Monday through Friday episodes. Uh, no Saturday and Sunday episode this weekend. We're going to move into a little bit of an off-season schedule to be modified even further. Uh, but again, we'll be back on Monday uh, with another brand new episode. And joining us on Monday's episode will be Flyers assistant coach Mike Yo, And we're going to be talking to a bunch of players, coaches, uh, management throughout the next couple of weeks as we kind of look back and take in exactly what took place this season to ultimately look forward and look at what is such an important off season. And I will say this because when we started the podcast, it was in late January of 2020 before the pandemic. And we didn't know what was to come. Uh, And we really didn't know what this podcast was going to develop into what the benchmarks of it would be and those kind of things. We didn't know how it would do. And thanks to you all for listening because it's done extremely well. And I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And I know the organization does as well. And we, and we do everything we can here to keep it real, have real conversations, level-headed, in-depth discussions. And, um, you know, we started this thing and, and then we got the pause right away. And now that we're in what is what would be deemed as more of a traditional off-season for the first time in this podcast history... And something that we learned during the pause was that even when there's not games, we can have really awesome discussions about hockey, surrounding hockey, our love of hockey, our shared interest in not only hockey, but obviously the Flyers. And I will say that that's one good thing about the season not continuing. Now, we could have had these conversations later, and it would have, I would have been fine with that, and you all would have been as well. But now that we're here, some of the conversations that we can have um, with our guests, whether they're assistant coaches, players, analysts, you know, members of the front office or whoever, I really enjoy them because they provide such insight into the people and the game, both of those elements. Like we're going to talk to Ian LaPerriere in just a moment on this episode and Mike Yo and Michelle Tarian is going to join us next week, and we'll talk to Elaine Vigneault and Chuck Fletcher, and we'll talk to the players about how they're handling their summer, what they're, you know, how they're, you know, adjusting to normal life again and a normal preparation for a season. But we talk about real life things as well, and just have conversations. And I think that's one of the things that I love doing about this podcast the most is the real conversations and the opportunity for you, the Flyer fans, to be able to hear from the players, personnel, and everybody involved on a real level, not we got to get pucks deep, we got to work hard, we got to cycle, all the cliches. This podcast is intended to be so much more than that. And it's not about just, hey, who blew the coverage on the D zone or who, why didn't he shoot the puck on the two-on-one rush attempt? You know, it's not about that. It's about the real conversations too and getting to know the people within the organization on a different level than the hockey cliche. So with that, let's bring on our guest right now. And as you know, if you've listened to this podcast quite a bit, you know that uh, I admire this guy. I like him a lot uh, as a person. I think he's a good guy that we added to our community. And he joins us right now 
Former Flyer and Flyer assistant coach Ian LaPerriere joins us right now. And Lappy, looking at this picture from your draft year on Hockey DB, well, you had one hell of a hairdo. I'm glad you, you're talking about that picture because my kids think I was bald right from the get-go, but uh, <laughs> I, I did have a nice flow back then. Yeah, for people um, listening to this, uh, Google Ian LaPerriere and look at his Hockey DB picture from the 1992 draft. Uh, I was telling you, Lappy, I think your hair looks like Silvio Dante's in The Sopranos with that big pompadour. Yeah, yeah look yeah, like a yeah, wind tunnel tested hairdo. Yeah, I could have played a role like that with that hairdo. I looked at uh, that uh, Italian look too, which uh, you know, it's, uh, that, that was my look back then. Did, did uh, I the bald, the French-looking look? <laughs> did, did you? Uh, were you a blow dryer guy? Uh, you know what? I don't, it's been so long. It's been 29 years ago, but I don't think I was, you know, I got a hard time uh, thinking or, you know, seeing myself, uh, low drying my hair. And I don't think I was, uh, I was that kind of guy. No, <laughs> I, I definitely wasn't either. I would have blown it right off my head, which is eventually what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to imagine Lappy. Um, you, look, you played in the league and not that long ago. It's been a decade. Yeah. That's not that long ago. Right. But as a coach now, and when you see things going the kind of the way they did, especially beginning in that month of March for you guys, I imagine for you, a guy who played the game not that long ago, that that was very difficult to not just want to put a jersey on and jump on the ice and say, this is how we got to do it, even though that, that's easier said than done. Yeah, you know what? It's a, it was a hard year for everybody. And, you know, we have the old player in me, sometimes something like that, but also, the old player and me and the self and the players, you know, we, you want to correct something, you know, you show them videos, but with a young, you know, we, we do have older guys, but we do have young guys, you know, and uh, you have that kind of mix, you need to be on the ice. And uh, again, I'm not using that as, as an excuse because every team in the league had to go through the same thing, but I really feel for a team that uh, it hurt, hurt us the most because I feel like the more we practice, like we did last year, better our guys would become and. Uh, that's, that's, that's uh, the part of the season that uh, really hurt us uh, without practice. Lappy, having watched this season as a coach very closely and been a part of it, um, put your player helmet back on real quick. How, how would you kind of felt as a player going through this season, not only just with the lack of practice part, but the protocols and the, the players had to deal with? I know Carter was very open. Hey, you go back to your house, you're by yourself. You start to get in your own thoughts, and when you're struggling, uh, you need you need people around you. And it just wasn't the situation this year with the protocols. How would that have been for you as a player? Yeah, same thing. But for me, like I've always had my, I've been with my wife for 31 years. She would have been part of it. It helps. And even for me as a coach, now that I feel for the other coaches, like he was there by himself. So was the other two coaches, and uh, you know their wives were in and out. And it's the same for me. I have my family here. I go back home and. It's pretty much the same routines compared to those players. But, again, I go back to – I know where Carter's coming from, but at the end of the day, you, you look around the league, and most of the teams are, are going through that too. Like, they do have young guys that don't have families, and they go home, and, uh, and um, you know, they have to deal with that issue too. And, yeah, again, it's another excuse that we can use, but for me, we can use that excuse because there are certain teams that can go through the same thing. Uh, let me ask you, because you're you're a huge fitness guy. I don't know if you were the same way as a player, but I know you are now. Enter phone number, then touch enter. Uh, hey, don't put your phone number on the air here. No, 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 I did not. No, no, sorry, but 
That's your shopper's card. Were you a giant? No, I'm at Wegmans. Oh, you're a Wegmans guy. Dude, I knew I liked you for a reason, Lappy, because I love Wegmans. Uh, I'm going back to my car. Sorry, bro. Dude, don't worry about it. Uh, let, let me ask you, as a guy that, you know, you're buying Wegmans, you're buying good organic stuff over there. You're concerned okay. about what you put into your body. You've always been, fitness is of the utmost importance. I, I know AV and Chuck mentioned that for some of the players that went back to Canada, getting ice, getting in shape, getting ready for a season wasn't normal, and it was a hindrance. Yeah. How, how much do you think that played into it for some of the younger guys especially? Yeah. That plays sense for me. Like, you know, like it's a, it's a long season and you need to be in shape. And when you go home, especially in Canada, like, it's still like that right now. And I don't I don't get what some of our, why some of our players will go back home right now. It doesn't make any sense for me. You know, you, you it's it's your it's your career. You have to take care of your body. And to go home right now, it, it doesn't make any sense. You better, better stay here train like you should be you know you're a professional athlete and you asked me if i was like that when i played i was i keep doing i like fitness and i was like that as a player and you know if i could see a, that'd be an advantage to my career an advantage to the team to stay back i would have and i really do feel and i know a, a lot of guys are staying back for that reason because they, even if they do go back home and they learn from last year they couldn't find ice they couldn't find uh, good gym or the gym that they usually go to because it was close with the, all the COVID restriction and they learn from it and uh, I, I really do feel they, they're going to stay back and train like they should be, they should be training and uh, they're going to have uh, a redemption season and I, I do feel a lot of guys a lot of guys, I'd say 90% of our guys are not happy with their year and they can come back hungry Lappy, as a, as a professional player, part of the business of being a player is that you lose a little control and you may be shipped off from one coast to the next. You went from the, the Rangers to the West Coast in L.A. You went from L.A. to Colorado. You went from Colorado to Philly. In an offseason where things didn't go right, there's going to be change. Couple that with an expansion draft coming. Um, I mean, is, is that something you would broach in, in those exit interviews um, um, about controlling what you can control? Well, that's the thing. It's a business of winning, and we didn't win this year. And changes are always point. coming. And, you know what? It's uh, it's not a it's not a development league like the American League or Junior League. It's really a, a, a winning business. And and uh, you know, I've been in this business long enough, and changes are coming. You know, and, and uh, I, I really don't know what the what the management team's going to do, but uh, some guys have to be prepared, and I'm sure they are mentally. Like, you know, maybe they'll be, I don't know, maybe we, there won't be any changes, but I'd be really surprised if there's not. Yeah, there always is, even for the team that wins the cup. That's just the nature of it. But I love what you said that, yeah, this is a business, and we're in the business of winning. Like, to me, that's exactly right. Um, when, when you look at this this whole season and how it played out, and for you, when did things kind of go off the rails? Was there? It's not one single uh, moment, really? but no, no. It's it's more like you know, even like when we were eight and three at the beginning of the year, like the Carter and Moose were stealing games for us. We weren't playing the right way, and when we start playing the right way, our goaltending start to drop a little bit off. But for me, it's the biggest thing. It's when we had to go to Lake Tahoe. You know, like with a, with a, with with seven of our guys or regular guys and big name guys, you know, were on the COVID list. And I, w I think it was a mistake from the league that they're having us go there. And 
It really didn't help. You know, I thought the guys compete for the lineup we had, you know, for, I'd say for 30 minutes of the game, but the best team won that game and it really hurt us and we had to keep playing with a, uh, you know, not really with our lineup. Um, and mm. I, I really do think we it went down from that. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and the goofiness of it, you guys lost a practice day because they pushed the game to the night and there's just so yeah. many, and you, you were not in a position at that time to be losing practice days. You just weren't. You no, didn't have enough. No, 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 no. Uh, and again, like, you know, I hate to use that because I sound like the guy who's using excuses and, and then that's the last thing I want to do, use excuses. But that's, that was a reality. And as coaches, we have uh, some uh, thinking to do too. Like the players didn't do their job, so it, but it started with us. You know, we, we, we should have made adjustment like a couple of places and we did it. And at the end of the day, you know, we were not part of the playoffs because uh, as a group, we didn't do a good enough job, I guess. Um, last thing for you, Lappy. Um, before you got into coaching, uh, and on the bench and, and on the staff, you were in player development. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm interested in that because we had some young players this year that took a step forward, and I, and I want to talk about the positive, and I want to talk about Joel Farabee, but we also had some mm-hmm. that either plateaued or, or frankly, went the other way. Um, and Phil Myers is a guy that comes to mind in that regard. Uh, so let's talk about the positive first. Um, Joel Farabee, what did you see out of Farabee? What was different because – he basically finished the year with uh, 20 goals in 55 games. That's a 30-goal pace per 82. Yeah. What would you see out of, uh, out of Beezer? Because he was so good this season, really, pretty much throughout. Yeah, he was good last year, and you always worry about the second year, you know, like the drinks of the second year of a young kid, and he didn't show any of that. If anything, like he just improved. And uh, But his biggest, biggest, biggest quality, he's a hockey player. And I told him that, and I tell everybody who wants to hear it, and some, some people understand what I'm saying. Other people don't. He just want to play hockey. He'll do whatever it takes. His hockey IQ is through the roof. He's, he's a lot like Coots in that regard. He knows where to be on the ice, and that's a natural instinct that he has. But at the end of the day, he's a hockey bum. He wants to play hockey for a living, and it shows. Like, you know, we, we went yeah. through a pandemic, and he was like, it didn't matter, pandemic or not. I want to play hockey. I'll do whatever it takes to play hockey. And uh, He's a great kid. He's fun to be around, and he's uh, the sky, sky's the limit for a guy like that. And I was very, very excited to to see him produce and get his 20 goal. He scored two goals last year in the year. I think it was just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to get rewarded for all the work he did this year. Because yeah, you're right, Lappy. You know, he could have gone into that offseason. Yeah, we're in a pandemic. They would understand if I didn't come back with 15 extra pounds of muscle and my finishing mm-hmm. ability wasn't improved because of everything that's going on. But what did he do? This kid at 19 years old goes back over the summer, puts on more muscle to be stronger in board battles, works his his ass off on his finishing ability, and you're right. He's always in the right place. And I said to him last week, I said, goal scorers go to goal-scoring places without thinking about it, and that's what you do. Oh, that's, that's who he is. He's just like he – last year we saw that, like he was – like he said, 15 pounds lighter – we saw just his thinking where he was going. He would get there, get pushed a little bit aside because he was lighter. Now this year, he went there and you know came out with the puck because he put that weight on. But the the mental part of it is always going to be there. You know, it's in his DNA. I don't know who coached him at a young age. You know, somebody did a good job with him. And you know, same with Couturier, who's always at the right place. Like go, those guys. This uh, the DNA part, the, the, the hockey IQ that I talked about. That never goes away. Doesn't matter. He's going to have ups and downs. You know, your careers 
you know, you do have ups and downs, and you will have slumps at one point in your career. Best players in the world did too. But at the end of the day, you'll never be at the wrong place at the wrong time because he does have that DNA in him. Yeah, and he loves it too, and, and he's a hockey guy. Um, let, let me ask you about those ups and downs because I say it a lot. Um, you know, success as a professional athlete, success as an NHL player, is not a straight line. There are peaks, there are valleys. How you handle them makes all the difference. Uh, let's talk about a guy like Phil Myers, who who really kind of struggled at points this season after he had a pretty good meteoric rise the year prior. Certainly a step back for him. What's the message to, to Phil this summer and uh, to, to move forward and get back on track? Well, the message, it's not coming from me or for us. You know, I talked to him uh, last week, and he was just excited to, to go back home and train. Like last year, he had a little injury for coming out of the bubble, couldn't train like he wanted to. And his mind... He wants to forget about this year, go go into the summer and train like an animal, come back like the, you know, stronger and better. And just knowing, like, I, I was like that too as a player. Like, if you have a good summer, you know, you know you did everything you could. You know you, you knew you had a little edge on the guy next to you because you did more than that guy. And I feel like Phil's got, he's got that attitude usually. And last summer he couldn't put the work in because of that little injury. But uh, he's just excited to go home and, train like an animal but and also like i know people are hard on him but he's 22 years old i mean yeah. like a def- defenseman they hit their peak around 26 27 years old and he's just a big strong lanky defenseman shoots right you know he's a you know he's got a right shot who's really rare and uh, you know they're tough they don't come by too often skates like the win it's a matter of you know yes he did have a down season he's going to learn from it and he's going to become a better player in the future. But again, he's only 22 or 23 years old. That's very young for a defenseman. That we ask a lot this year. We're losing Niski last year. We thought we could bump him up, you know, in the lineup on the top four. And uh, you know, that was a, probably a mistake from us. But again, he's going to learn from it. We're going to learn from it, and uh, he's going to train and come back uh, hungry next um, next year for sure. Yeah, and so Randy Carlisle says, I'm not judging my young defensemen until they've played 300 games in the league, and that's around 25, 26 well, years old. Well, I, I agree with that statement. You know, forwards, you can hide. You know, you can be a young forward. Like, you know, mistakes that you'll make, your D back there, they're going to they're gonna correct that. As a defenseman, every mistake, or most of the mistakes you make, it's probably going to be in the back of your net or it's going to create a huge chance against Yeah, You know that feeling of what it's like when you know that you put in the work over the summer and you line up for your situation across from another centerman you line up and you're looking at him and early in the season you go i know i put in more work than you so i'm going to take you to school tonight for sure and it's uh, you know at this level especially it's it's more mental game than anywhere else Mm -hmm. you know like when you play peewee bantam if you're a bigger kid you'll get away with a lot but at this level everybody is strong most of the guys are strong and you know, they know how to play hockey. They've been playing hockey forever, and they're the best in the world. That little difference is going to be that mental uh, mental part of it. If you know you did more than the guy next to you, you will come out with that puck. And I really do think, like, because Phil couldn't put the training in all summer, that really hurt him. Um, Lappy, what are you going to do to decompress in the season? Are you going to get out on the boat, get on the water? What, what's the plan? You know, I'm not a water guy. I pick up golf again during the – I stopped golfing 19 years ago when my uh, – my, uh, my oldest was born and, you know, I felt bad going to the golf course and I just uh, put my clubs aside. But uh, now they're not, he's 19 and my youngest is 17. They don't really care about that. So uh, last year during the quarantine, I'm like, yeah, I'll pick up golf again. And, and I did. And that's what I'm going to do this summer just to disconnect and, 
you know, get my run in and uh, and go uh, hit the links, I guess, and spend time with the family and disconnect. And I really, uh, you know, it's been a tough year for everybody mentally and physically, and it's a uh, it's our time to recharge and get come back in September and be hungry to have a hover year. Well, be on on the lookout for your mail. I'm going to send you a nice poster size of that picture on a uh, hockey DB with the hair. Uh, <laughs> remind your wife why she fell in love with you. <laughs> Oh yes, yes, yes. She loves that. No, now I got more air on my back than I get on my on my on the top of my head. <laughs> I know it's so weird. Like I don't have it on my head anymore, and it's in my ears. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, I know. Okay, yeah, you're. I'm the same. Trust me, I'm the same. I'm in the same position. <laughs> Lappy, thanks for doing this. Thanks for all the times this season. Uh, you know, I love talking to you. Have a safe summer all and right, be well. Man. And we'll talk soon. Thanks. All right. Thanks, buddy. You too. Thanks to Ian LaPerriere for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Again, Mike Yo will be on Monday's episode. We're going to take the weekend off for the first time. This will be the first a couple of days this year that we have not had original content for you on Flyers Daily. Because since the calendar turned to 2021, we've brought you an episode every single day. Flyers Daily is as regular as the sun rising, at least until tomorrow. The sun will come up tomorrow, but we'll be back Monday. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back Monday with a brand new Flyers Day. I know she said it's all right. But you can make it up next time. I know she knows it's not right. There ain't no use in lying. 